and welcome to this week's episode of Bury the Lead. I'm one of your hosts, Jen Zeratti. And I'm your other host, Erin Lamar. And this is our first episode that is actually going live. Which is very exciting for it us. Is. We've, we've done some practice rounds that hopefully no one will ever hear. Yeah, we've done some the trial runs, but basically this is going to be a weekly 20 minutes-ish mm-hmm. pop culture catch-up for everybody listening. So um, yeah, we're super excited about it. We've been talking about doing this for a really long time. So it's mm-hmm. uh, it's exciting that it's uh, actually happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's what you can look for every Friday around like noon, we'll say. Um, it'll be 20 minutes ca- talking about arts, culture, life, things going on in the city, all that kind of stuff, as well as uh, some stuff in the paper as well. So mm-hmm. that is, uh, that's Bury the Lead. It was pretty good. Um, we went to a social on Saturday night, as you do in the wintertime, but mm-hmm. there was no air. So you walked into this community center gym and oh it was it was like thick. It was so hot. How uh, many they people w- were there? Like 330, I think. Oh, man. It was a lot because it was a very young couple. And I find that when there's young couples getting married, it, they're always packed, right? That's so, very true. But then the security wouldn't let us open any doors because it was in a residential neighborhood. Oh and so God. it was... It was rough but and then also there was tons of concerts this week like i did uh reviews for lumineers last week and then weezer on sunday for the paper which i I know you and your husband were also at yes we went to weezer as well what did you think um i thought it was i thought it was good but not amazing um they have never been here before and uh my husband's a huge fan and i am a fan and uh <laughs> yeah you know it was a uh, it was good to hear some of the songs that i never thought i'd be able to see live but i found that rivers was very over it like oh yeah yeah i even when he uh threw on the sombrero and the cape and the crown I was just like, oh yeah. man, yeah, this is like literally the least you could possibly do. Yeah. I just feel like nostalgia is not enough to no. to carry a show, you know? Like and I, I feel like I covered that in my review too. Yeah. I was like, it was really like the music sounded great, but it wasn't just not enough. Yeah. yeah. And I also felt that the set list was strangely paced. Like I felt like it really sagged in the middle, which I, I think is a common complaint at concerts but Mm -hmm. i just i kind of wish that they included a few more old tracks just because they hadn't been here before yeah um and it also was very short which we will get to later in the program we're going to discuss concert lengths and what we feel is optimal Mm -hmm. um but that was a complaint that quite a few people yes well it was very short it was just over 60 minutes yeah so we also had a couple in front of us who uh was was there to have a good time. <laughs> I guessed that they were a couple that had young children and didn't get out very much. And my husband was like, nah, they're like, they're new to drinking. Like they are, <laughs> they are young. They are here to have a good time. But I saw on their iPhone lock screen that they were definitely posing with their kids. So I thought I was right. But they were, uh, it's kind of funny to watch people watch at concerts, right? Because oh, yeah. It's especially people who are clearly super fans. And that was the one thing that I found about the Weezer show specifically is that it was really fun because of the fans. Like it was fun to hear everyone sing along. It was fun to see how jacked people were to see a band that had never been here. So I think um, even though like the show itself wasn't perfect, I think it Mm -hmm. was nice to, to hear that. And also this week I did a restorative yoga class, which I would like to talk about. You should, because I really am not a yoga 
person, but if Neither you can convince I. me otherwise, please do so. Neither am I, but this instructor's name is Tally. She's amazing. And restorative yoga is very much like you're just in long stretches. So actually I found holding a pose for mm-hmm. six minutes really challenging because yeah, six minutes like, is a long time and also it was a head neck and um like shoulders focused and there was a lot of like laying on these really hard blocks for a really long time <laughs> that sounds really unpleasant including to when be you honest. put one right below your th- like where your thyroid is and like lay on it for six <laughs> minutes like a block and then there's one where you just like roll your face along a wooden block <laughs> and, and which they heard is the natural facial but i have to say it felt like it didn't feel good while you were doing it while you were doing it it's feels bad like you roll the front of your face over it right like along your how does that not hurt your your nose it not like not you don't put your face like directly on it okay but it's like so you just roll your cheek along this block so it's like a hard wooden block that you're rolling your face upon like it's the best way i can describe it i see and yeah well it feels like yeah you're rolling your face on a hard wooden block it actually (laughs) the restorative properties were there I believe in it. I believe in restorative yoga. Well, that's good to know. So, Jen. So, Erin. Uh, we were talking about Weezer before, mm-hmm. and you had mentioned that while many people felt that 65 minutes was not an adequate length, you were all for having a shorter a shorter set. I am all for having a shorter set. I think I can't remember if Weezer was 65 minutes or 70 minutes. It was like with the cheering and the clapping and the whatever. I've, it was closer I, to 70. I I've think. heard people generously refer to it as 80 minutes, which I think is not. <laughs> no, that is not completely inaccurate. <laughs> no, I think it's the perfect time. I also will fully admit to the fact that I skipped both openers. We rolled in at nine and we were like home at 11. It was excellent. Like, I don't need to see. I find that a lot of concerts have too much filler oh, don't even get me started on the double opener like, it is no, my biggest pet peeve nobody nobody like and i find that it's just from a musical standpoint unless you are very very good and or a legend and or never t- touring again or whatever fine you can have your two-hour show that's fine feels like if it's a two-hour show that feels like an hour that's different than a marathon yes you become tired of quickly, right. right well like to completely co- contrast with Weezer yeah. I was at Eric Church earlier this month and he played a three-hour show no opener it was just him yeah three hours yeah like even if I was like the superest super fan ever there's no way that I would want to sit through it's a three-hour a show and I also and back to the double opener thing and this is something that I wanted to talk about too is that it seems very and maybe not for an MTS Center show but say bands playing the pyramid for example i remember having tickets to bands that i really really wanted to see but they don't go on to like 12 30 mm-hmm. one that and is like a wednesday too yeah. late yeah that is way too late and it's so pegged on alcohol sales and that drives me crazy because not everyone is necessarily going to a concert to get tanked right like Actually, very few of my friends drink, like including myself. I don't really drink much at shows. I'll maybe have a beer, but yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't own a bar. I don't run a bar. I don't know how much money they actually make on bar sales when shows are later versus earlier, but I, yeah. And that's from, something that we can find out for the next podcast for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I, I know that it's been kind of a complaint among fans 
among venue owners too because honestly it's frustrating for them as well and then um with the bands themselves no like it's kind of sucks to be stuck with that really late slot it's true because people go home like so when we, we saw tons at the goodwill in november and they didn't go on till almost midnight yeah, I was like, I am old. I would normally be in bed by this time. Yeah. You know, I have the soul of a ninety-year-old woman, you, and I just, I, as do I, and I just can't. Like, I can't. I can't I, handle it. Well, and I also think that uh, that's why um, I'm a big fan of Western Cultural Center shows because mm-hmm. you know what time they're starting. They always start at eight o'clock. Yeah, and so you always know what to plan for, what you're in for, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I know that now Toronto had a really interesting article about Toronto's music scene and just uh, sort of hypothesizing whether or not having earlier show times would make them a more music supportive city mm-hmm. and I don't think that's a, like necessarily a massive problem in Winnipeg I think shows start at all times here mm-hmm. but I do think an earlier showtime includes an audience that has kids is older is not necessarily going out to drink mm-hmm. um you like know working all professionals those, who have to be up in the morning exactly. yeah. so all those potential audience members that are currently boxed out by the way the club scene operates now so mm-hmm. kind of food for thought for for venue owners too for sure um but it's interesting what you brought up about drinking because i think there are a few studies that have been published now about millennials which you are squarely in i definitely am i'm yes. an elder millennial <laughs> um but it uh that they do drink less yeah so that could be playing a part in it too so maybe we'll see this trend honestly i just really change like, i and a lot of my friends just don't have the expendable income to be blowing like 60 or 80 dollars on top of already paying for a concert ticket on booze really that's what it comes down to that's the thing yeah um moving on so if you have read the free press recently you will know that we are experimenting with having dogs in the newsroom doggos newsroom doggos it's very exciting my dog samson was a newsroom doggo and he did medium (laughs) jen's dog did not leave her side (laughs) the entire day he was not super friendly with everyone he mostly just wanted to hang out with me which I mean, I'm supportive of, so it's fine. I mean, he came to see me when I ate my turkey sandwich for lunch and I gave him a piece of turkey. So there's that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's... He's he's like that. He uh, yeah, generally slept on my desk, but it's been fun to meet everyone's dogs. So fun. Also fun to see people with their dogs. Mm -hmm. That's been really, you know, not we won't name names, but to see very, you know, sort of curmudgeonly editors (laughs) be like dogs. It's pretty cute. It is very cute and. I like how, too, that the dogs that come in are very representative of or like show kind of a different side of the people who own them. Totally. You know, like you have these giant men bringing in their little tiny white dogs and like trolling them through the office. It's hilarious. All of them are small and white. I know. Including mine. Including yours. Yes. Um, What happens to you when you see a really cute dog? Um, I want to pick it up and squish his little face into my face. Yeah. I want to like I become kind of like crazier than that like when I see something really cute I want to scream like I want to I need to like full body clench scream because I want to like crush it and I learned that that is actually a psychological phenomenon referred to as cute aggression mm-hmm. I'm having I'm having cute aggression right now because Jen's dog is licking my belly so see, I want I'm wearing up. a shirt I want to pick him up and squeeze him like and cute aggression um it's a real term it was coined by a research team from Yale in 2013 and has been studied yeah, I was gonna say it must be pretty recent yeah uh, because I think people were like why do like whenever I want to see a baby I want to bite its cheeks <laughs> that's why that, that is a because we have two compulsions I guess when we see something cute which is either to protect it or to smother it mm-hmm. and so yeah the so the cute aggression 
with me has been strong. Not that I would ever physically harm a dog. Right. It's just, you know, (laughs) that feeling where you're like, I have to scream because that is the cutest thing I've ever seen. Are you going to do a story on that? I think I might. Um, I had an interesting conversation with uh, Andrew Cure, who is... uh, Oh, right. Yeah, he's curating um, some exhibits. He's from the WAG. He's curating some exhibits that are happening at the Pavilion in the Cinnamon Park. And um, Marcel Dezama's work is featured in one of them and Marcel actually plays with cute aggression in really interesting ways because he has these really like cute anthropomorphic Mm -hmm. nailed it um (laughs) (laughs) characters but they're also kind of grotesque and kind of provoke a lot of those emotions too so interesting yeah so cute aggression it's uh it's something I've been experiencing with all these dogs at work (laughs) just want to just want to freak out um also, freak, speaking of freaking out, Aaron, let's talk. Let's conclude. Oh, yes. Let's conclude with the Pepsi ad that should oh, never no. have been made. This is the thing. Like, I don't understand how how it could have even gotten to television or to the Internet. Like, as I was saying to you yesterday, how many people did that go past that thought, hey, this is a great idea. How many who's did How many who's, how many who's did this go through? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. So, of course, we're talking about the Kendall Jenner Pepsi oh, fiasco that has since been pulled. Yes, it got There's pulled yesterday. There's so much about it that's tone deaf. Like, I have so many questions. Like, so many. Why are you wearing a blonde wig? Why did you make a black lady hold your blonde wig? Why? What are you protesting? Why are all these What are you protesting? That was the thing that I was super confused about. In the same about. handwriting. Like, yeah. on the same piece of pepsi blue bristol board like i mean what? yes and just the whole premise of i'm gonna end you know police brutality and with racism pepsi. with pepsi like and also i here. enjoyed that someone pointed out that all the police were just in their regular uniforms they weren't even in their like riot gear which they normally would be when there's a protest happening so it's just yeah like it, there's just so much about it the, that's why the backlash i think was so swift just because people were recognizing that it's such an awful um just on every level yeah and just co-opting a activism like the very real activism that black lives matter matter is doing Mm -hmm. um and just like and even people from standing rock are kind of chiming in on it now of course and you know it really is offensive to every single well and the image of her handing like kendall jenner handing the cop the pepsi was clearly supposed to evoke that really famous um, image from a Black Lives Matter protest right, where a right, woman right, right. is like peacefully offering up her hands so she can be arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such a striking image. Like her dress is blowing the wind. She's just like offering her wrist. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so to have that really striking image of something Co-opted so by important. A, yeah. yeah, by Pepsi. And then yeah. of course there's like, there's a bunch of other ads too that have been dragged lately. Like I think it was... Was it Budweiser or someone had a really stupid Super Bowl ad? They, uh, that one was like, I don't know if I would call it the one with the, we're all. Oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe that one was kind of one. It was, I mean, either way, man. And also the thing I, I immediately picked up within seconds of watching that ad was like the sort of forced diversity in it yeah totally it's like oh we're gonna have an asian man be our lead and we're gonna have a woman wearing a hijab 
yeah you know and it was like we're gonna get some check all these boxes right like I it just a, felt so forced i read a great like spoof of it like hypothesizing about the pitch meeting and <laughs> yeah. one person that just said like diversity and it's like written on a post-it note and everyone's like okay what do you mean he's like i don't know it just says diversity written on this post-it note it's like, and that's totally what it felt like <laughs> it, it was just, really it felt so unnatural well, and, and so the yeah woman in the hijab was that was even another what are you doing subplot when mm-hmm. she's she's this photographer and she's so frustrated because she can't find the shot and then she finds her muse and Kendall Jenner handing a cop of Pepsi like <laughs> and then they're like hugging each other and celebrating at the end and I'm like this yeah. is not this, oh. That's, so yeah so it, they did the right thing by pulling it though for sure I agree um what I disagree with um is there's been kind of a bit of chatter emerging online defending Kendall Jenner the whole well she doesn't know like she's only 20 oh come on no yeah you're you are plenty aware of the editorial decisions happening also you are Kendall Jenner if you wanted to shut that down you you could I mean yeah yeah being being 20 is not an excuse for not being socially aware of what's happening in your country yeah so it uh yeah it's just advertising not having a not having a great time there's also the uh the Nivea ad. I don't think I've seen that one. So that one was for, I guess, deodorant that protects. And we all know as deodorant wearers that deodorant really messes up both your black clothes and your white clothes. Yes. But you should never, ever make the tagline white is pure. Oh, God. <laughs> that's, that's real bad. Like, <laughs> whoa. Yeah. Just so. Yeah. How who is approving this? Is there not somebody that is my in a boardroom who's like, Hey. Because before anything of ours goes to print, I would say at least eight to eight to ten pairs of eyes have for sure have seen that copy. And you gotta have one killjoy on staff that's willing to be like, mm, "Sorry, guys, here's, here's the potential issues with this." Right? But maybe someone did say that, and they said, "We don't care because Kendall Jenner signed on, and everything's going to be great." Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, they were mistaken. I Diversity think the on a post-it note. <laughs> So Jen, for our third segment, we have decided to do a what are you reading, watching, listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I will start with what I'm listening to. Father John Misty's new album comes out uh, this week on the Friday. Yeah, tomorrow, today. Today. Yeah, today. today. Um, and he's coming. It was just announced he's coming for Interstellar Rodeo. And I could not be more excited about that because I love him so thoroughly. He was my number one album of the year in 2015 for his sophomore release. And uh, that was a great album. Oh, my God. It was so good. It yeah. was so good. And I saw him in concert when I still lived in New York right after his first album came out. And it was probably one of the best shows I've ever seen. He was just the weirdest guy. I like just distinctly remember him going off the stage to like mill about the crowd and then he couldn't get back onto the stage and so he was like <laughs> clamoring his way up and then he got up there it's and the risk you take i know but he, it was just like so not a rock star moment right and he's like i had a dream about this but in my dream i was able to get back on the stage <laughs> without an issue so that's what i'll be listening to probably from now until august to be quite honest yeah i'm i'm excited to hear it i haven't heard it yet so i've heard uh, about half of it and it is dense and it is um, very much about life and uh, wider, broad concepts, but also obviously has quite a political slant. So cool. it'll be 
it'll be a good one. Um, I'm also listening to something new. I was trying to, I, I was going to do reading, but I have not finished the book that I'm still reading. I was challenging myself <laughs> to do a book a week challenge because wah, wah. <laughs> that's what I do with things that are fun. I make them into things that you can track and rate and, <laughs> and take all the fun out of them, which is why I had to break up with Fitbit because it was ruining walks. Don't even get me started on Fitbit. And it was getting to the point where I was like jogging in place to meet my steps. And I was like, this is a problem. So I've done the same thing with books. So hopefully next week I'll have started something new. But I did want to talk about the new Spoon record because I'm super into that. So good. Uh, It came out in March. And uh, I can't even remember what record they're on. I feel like this is like the... 11 billion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Great Austin, Texas band. So good. Um, And I really hope by some grace of god they come to winnipeg that would be so great yeah. i would love that so much i uh, i don't know if they've ever been to the city you know who you should ask mm. ben mcphee sigurdsson the wine and books editor indeed because he is a big spoon fan well who isn't they're great it's true so yeah so that's what i'm listening to right now um we always want to hear from you the listeners slash readers what you're listening to into would like us to talk about so social media Yes, um, we don't have anything set up just for the pod yet, but, but you, we will. But we will. Um, but for now, you can contact Jen or myself uh, on Twitter is probably the best way. Uh, I am at Nyer Rabble, which is just my name backwards, and Sneaky. Jen is hmm? yeah, Jen's is at Jen Zerati. and you can also find our email addresses at the bottom of the story that this podcast will be embedded into. So you can also email us. And of course, you can find all our columns and reviews and everything we're writing at www.winnipegfreepress.com as well as in the physical paper as well. Um, and just to wrap up, what are you working on this week? Um, I will have an interview with Danko Jones. He's coming on the 17th. And then the Jazz Fest lineup is being announced tomorrow morning. So I have a big story about that right on so you can look for that um i am today hanging out with uh the original raging grannies from victoria bc uh they are actually getting a because they've been around for 30 years they're an activist group who sings hilarious parody songs and and it's awesome um they are being honored with an exhibit at the canadian museum for human rights which opens today so i will have a story about that in saturday's paper <laughs>